0: What's up, Rob?
1: I'm still just steamed, thinking about all the bros trying to cancel Diane Feinstein.
0: Oh, goodness gracious. They hate to yeah. see a
1: girl boss winning, and all the people coming out of the woodwork, just because this lady, you know, quote-unquote, doesn't know what's going on, doesn't know what her job is, doesn't know what year it is, you know? Do you think you need to know that kind of stuff to be a U.S. Uh senator? I mean, Jesus! I mean, how hard can it possibly be?
0: (laughs) I mean, I realize you're doing a bit, but also no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, I know. Oh yeah, they're still doubling down on this. Like we, we, as we talked about in our last episode with Sam Biddle, it her staying in there is now stopping any Senate action or Senate subpoena. For Clarence Thomas. And then today, after that story was reported, today there was another wave of stories about all of these people who are upset on her behalf, including GOP Republican or GOP women who are say who are trying to frame it as a feminism issue, which to me that struck me as a purely cynical play. It's like they're using that now just because they know it'll protect. Clarence Thomas. Like, now is the time that they start to speak out once they realize, hey, her staying in there is going to protect Thomas. That I thought was purely cynical. And I saw that being reported today on top yeah. of all these other people who, again, are coming to her defense.
1: Not only protecting Thomas, but like limiting the Democrats' ability to like appoint judges, which is the one thing, like we were saying uh, in the previous episode, the one thing that they said that they were going to be able to do after uh, losing control. That was in the midterms. And it's amazing too because they're just like please they're asking Republicans to bail them out if if only the if you can help us we can you know replace her briefly and it's like no they're not going to be doing that they're not going to be they're not going to be helping you out on that one if only we can get them to help us and maybe yeah. we can uh you know impeach uh, Clarence Thomas we'll just get some some conservative votes on board no they're the ones that are benefiting from this they will not be they will not be helping you out on that you're gonna be on your own unfortunately but and they're just kind of like ah well <laughs> what can you do it kind of seems we like do. it's just another yet another yeah. in the long list of excuses for them just to like not do anything which is i think that's the if you're in kind of a mainstream democrat that's your that's your wheelhouse
0: yeah it's their bread and butter just yeah oh our hands are tied we have all oh, of these shucks. other options that we're not yeah. going to engage in at all but because republicans won't work with us we're just going to yeah. bring everything to a grinding halt
1: we were pl- we were totally planning on doing Ridiculous. all kinds of good stuff, and unfortunately, we can't <laughs> yeah.
0: now. But oh, bro, I really wanted <laughs> to confirm all those judges, but yeah, yeah. Republicans. It's yeah, so, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Exactly. <sighs> oh
1: man. Um, yeah, but like Jordan was mentioning um, the previous episode with the intercepts. Uh, Sam Biddle was really great. We talked about the Feinstein thing, and we talked about all that. We also talked about this story that Sam was doing about the U.S. military, like targeting kids and tr- using the, these kind of like dystopian tech loopholes to track and monitor kids and serve them as to try and get them involved in the military. Really weird and disturbing stuff. But Sam's story was really great. And uh, it was a really it was another good bonus episode for the paid interns.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the Georgia National Guard is drawing a one mile radius around like hundreds of high schools in Georgia and identifying people in that area to serve kids and high schoolers, potentially, recruitment ads. But the way those lines are drawn, because it's such a wide radius, it's also pulling in middle schools and parks and all these other community uh, centers and areas. So it's very likely that because of this technology's you know, r- somewhat rudimentary ability to identify people, they are almost certainly going to be serving children military recruiting ads. Really, really fucked up. We get deep into the weeds on that. Just the use of this type of technology uh, in a broader context and how it's a continuation of some really predatory recruiting practices by the military. Really, really fun conversation with Sam. I I enjoyed it. You can listen to it by subscribing at theinsurgents.substack.com. Just five bucks a month. You get an extra episode every week. And you help keep this show going, which we really appreciate because we love doing it for you.
1: Yes, we do. And today we've got Andrew Lawrence coming on the show. Uh, Andrew uh, Lawrence of Media Matters, um, who spends every day monitoring the absolute fire hose of insane uh, shit uh, that's being spewed out from Fox News and other kind of conservative media uh, platforms. That was a really good conversation as well. We got a lot of good stuff going on in the show right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, we do. And you know what? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we ask every once in a while. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, if you can give us a five-star rating that helps boost the show on Apple. Uh, We haven't done this in a while, but every so often we like to ask. So if you want to leave a review, that's great. Don't get our names wrong. People seem to just get our names confused in those reviews. But just to clarify, our names are Rob and Jordan. And if you want to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can do that. We'd greatly appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Sometimes messing up the actual name of the podcast, which is amazing because you're on the (laughs) website. It says it right there, but people still have a hard time with that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, uh, let's get into our conversation with Andrew.
1: Yeah, let's do that. It was a good one. And Andrew Lawrence is going to be joining the show right after this.
0: No, it was against my better judgment to to allow a lightning fan on the podcast, but here
2: we are. <laughs> Go bolts. <laughs> Go bolts, baby. You
0: two are all decked out here. Already it's I yeah.
2: feel a little it's playoff season, baby. Underdressed. <laughs> hockey playoffs. Can't beat it.
0: Do you own do you own any hockey merch? Anything? Even a
1: t shirt? Nothing. No. No. Like we were saying, I'm the the, the one Canadian in this conversation, but I I'm the really not a ton of interest in the NHL or the NHL playoffs. Sometimes when the when the Montreal Canadiens are in the playoffs, I'll watch, but they were hor-
0: horrendous this year. So
2: Yeah, they're not in the playoffs that often, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. They you know, were not good this of year. Of any all. of any sport, I okay. think hockey and maybe soccer. Hockey jerseys and soccer jerseys are probably the more or most fashionable that you could wear, especially as a white guy. Like wearing an NBA jersey, like a basketball jersey as a white guy, looks so fucking weird. I just look like a fucking dope. I had an iris in jersey as a kid and I think back on it and it's like, Well what the what the fuck was I doing? Yeah. I had a lot of this, basketball this jerseys like, as well. This is just like a long sleeve t shirt with some embroidery.
2: And and it's a really big part of hockey culture as well. The whole the whole jersey, you know, the player that you're picking and home or away or the specialty, yeah. you know, that type of thing. Um and they look good, except you cannot wear them with shorts. Do not wear your Jordan. I know you love shorts, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're probably wearing shorts right now. Actually, trick.
0: actually, I'm not even wearing pants okay, right I, now. I, so, uh, so not with like, no, me either. Winnie the Pooh over here. We'll <laughs> yeah, allow it.
2: Um, oh god.
1: No, I, I mean Andrew like you're you're obviously a big <laughs> uh, lightning guy and um I am. That's the thing like I'm a Toronto Raptors fan but not not the Leafs and like I just I just pity. I just pity the Leafs fans, you know? I even had a few Leafs fans like how every year just, they just find the most painful and horrendous way to lose. Last year was horrendous and then I had a couple of Leafs fans kind of trying to tell me, "No, I think this is the year they're going to they're gonna get out of the first round and I saw that they're matched up with the lightning and I was just like, No way, I'm not getting pulled into that. Absolutely not. And I'm I'm seeing that year. my decision was a wise one to avoid that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it's I mean, look, it's one game so far. Winning game one on the road is huge because you take home ice advantage away. Uh, that series last year, I mean it went to I think I think the Leafs were up three games to two on the lightning and uh, we had to win the last two three games to one. Um it, yeah it was a 3-1 yeah and then uh Nick Paul Nick Paul came through in game 7 and scored two goals for us and now you know i mean this year coming into the playoffs the lightning were cold i mean they just they were i think they only won 13 of their last 30 games something like that and um you know a lot of chatter that like this is the year for the leafs they're going to get out of the first round and like i really don't want them to <laughs> like I, all that garbage like all all that preemptive celebrating from Leafs fans, and to see uh, to see the sad faces outside of their arena last night, and oh, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> Seven to if three. If there's yeah.
1: one fandom what? in in any sports league franchise that should never preemptively celebrate, that would be the one. But you'd think maybe they would figured they would learn this lesson by now.
2: You but would think, yeah, yeah, you would think. Um, yeah. And hockey playoffs are just so crazy that, like any, you know, the Lightning. It was 2019. Um, uh, just they were setting records it was you know most most wins in a season most goals scored fewest goals allowed all of that and then they get swept in the first round by Columbus uh 4 games to nothing and that sort of catapulted them to the the run that they've been on now but you just don't know man especially in the playoffs
0: yeah um they had well, a that's a thing for me um last oh, sorry go ahead Jordan so, I, sorry there's a l- little bit of a delay um they had a huge win uh, last night but, uh, you like, you had some, you know, fuck, I just fucked it up. Never mind, Go Rob. I come back <laughs> to it. I got to put, okay, I okay. forgot his name. So oh, Eric Cernak, just, just,
2: oh yeah. Dude. Go, Rob. So that's that's the
0: thing
1: for, that's the thing for me. I just, uh, you know, I, I'm a basketball fan and I find like when you are emotionally invested in hockey, especially in the playoffs, like It's so stressful that it's actively unpleasant. I think to watch, like it's just, it's genuinely not enjoyable. I think for me, Um,
2: (laughs) the anxiety because in a basketball game it's kind of high scoring.
1: There's back and forth, but it's like in hockey, it's just because every single shot all of a sudden takes on this this kind of like heaviness to it. And like there's nothing in hockey. A two goal lead, having your team have a two goal lead in a hockey game, is the most miserable experience. It's just it you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I just don't enjoy it at all. It's so it's unpleasant to to watch.
2: There's a, a, a hockey Twitter guy. I think it was Pete Blackburn who said that the the NHL playoffs are like. Uh, Skydiving out of a helicopter while doing an ounce of cocaine at the same time, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> terrifying. Terrifying, especially when you're you're emotionally invested in this team, you know. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. But I'm going to the game on uh, on Saturday, game three in Tampa, and there. I mean, there is nothing like a playoff hockey game live. It is so fun and so exciting, and I'm just so excited. I can't wait to get down there. Hopefully, we're up uh, two games to none.
0: Oh, that would be sick. Yeah, they look strong. They looked strong most of the season, like you said. They had a little bit of a cold patch near the end, but that's a team that could easily turn it around. Yeah, uh, The team that is that that did go into the playoffs hot, and I would say <laughs> had a bigger win last night. <laughs> if you say <laughs> the so. The New York Rangers <laughs> who beat the Devils last night
2: <laughs> on the road. I mean, both no, our teams and that is, I mean,
0: game one road wins. Like, that's exciting for both. I mean, we were both. <laughs> DMing last night during the games so it was so exciting yeah, it
2: is yeah uh, it's so big
0: it, yeah the the playoff hockey excitement though I think was really encapsulated on Monday during the wild and stars game that went to double overtime and over playoff overtime is different than regular season overtime in the NHL where you just play a, a full another period you don't just you don't play three on three for a few minutes and go to a shoot a shootout and that was just one of the most exciting hockey games I've ever seen. Wild ended up winning three to two, uh, but Ottinger, the goalie for the Stars, was just making incredible saves all night. It could have it could have easily been like s- seven to two if it wasn't for him. Like it was crazy how much of a factor he was singularly in that game for the Stars.
2: Yeah, and I mean you can get you can get a you know a team that is less talented. But their goalie gets hot, man, and that they it can it can just propel you through the entire playoffs just if you can't get a goal past the guy. Um, but, you know, I I told you, I think last night, I really like – I like Dallas a lot. I like Minnesota a lot. I think the winner of that series comes out of the West, and I know a lot of people uh, like Edmonton a lot. I mean, obviously, McDavid and, and Drysaddle. Their goalie are, sucks. Their goalie sucks, man. Yeah, and it's just McDavid and Drysaddle can't be on the ice for 60 minutes, you know, so – um, but God, McDavid is so good, man. I mean, he is, he is just unreal.
0: So Rob, we poor Rob, uh, Rob, you know, you're not a, you're not a hockey fan, but you know, like you're doing with the NBA because the Raptors got eliminated. Now's a good time to pick a new team. That's the right. That's the playoffs I did that. So you can just temporarily throw your, you picked it. You picked a team in the NBA. You're a your Kings guy. Yeah. But it's time to do it for the NHL. And you know, I, I think you should just throw your support behind New York. Obviously, Andrew thinks uh, Tampa Bay should be your team. But have you given any thought to who your playoff team is going to be in the NHL?
1: Um, not really. Maybe, maybe the Oilers. I don't know. you get the kind of sentimental? They're one of the all-time great dynasties, NHL dynasties. That that classic team with uh, Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier and Yari Curry. I don't really know. I think that McDavid is one of the players now. I really don't know. I'm <laughs> yes. like I'm that clueless about this. Um, I'm gonna go with them. You can team and watch. I'm gonna go with them. I'm. You know, Canada may be a fake guy. country. Right. Canada may be a fake country. I don't really have much like <laughs> nationalistic feelings about Canada. It's like a resource extraction colony uh, masquerading as a country. But you know what? I'm still gonna go with the Canadian team uh, with my with my non-committal. Uh, Choice here to to support.
2: <laughs> I can tell you, you're you uh, a lifelong right. Edmonton Oilers fan. That's right. Yeah. yeah, day one.
1: I do like those jerseys with the orange uh, shoulder pads. Those are those are slick.
2: Yeah, they have a cool logo. Uh,
0: and the uh, you know going back to your NBA team though, your Kings guy. They're
1: yeah, light the beam. They are
0: embroiled in a <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the beam. They're embroiled in a uh, pretty big uh NBA drama storyline this week. I know. After Draymond Green of uh, the Warriors stomped on DeMontis Sabonis' ribs during a game and got ejected and then was it was announced he's suspended. Now the Warriors fans are upset saying that Sabonis of the Kings, this is your team, lifelong day one top fan. Yeah. Uh, he's playing dirty out there. They're saying it's him that's playing dirty. <laughs> Did you guys see these these like the the outrage over Demonis Sabonis and the confusion over why Draymond Green, one of the filthiest players in the NBA, got a quote harsh penalty for stepping on someone's ribs?
1: I mean, I was I was watching the game. Uh, both those games have been very good, and I I've honestly like uh, it's I have been really impressed that the King's performance. It was after such a long drought, uh, playoff drought really impressive to see them kind of walk in there and just not really be affected by any of the pressure. De'Aaron Fox is every first playoff games, just like I looking absolutely dominant, which is like a really impressive thing. You, some guys, sometimes when you watch any sport, when that environment kind of kicks in and there's the pressure and the add, all the new, uh, the game tightens up. it Some people don't rise to the occasion. So it's been really impressive to see him and the, the team completely uh, outplay the Warriors in those first couple games. So And it's just yeah, it's a satisfying story. It's a long time coming. The crowd is great because they're so starved for having a team to actually root for. Um, So I think I made a good choice in this one. Um, But yeah, I was watching the game, and I did think Sabonis grabbed Draymond's foot like that seemed clear to me. I think obviously the the like responding to that with like a a stone cold Steve Austin style like uh, mud hole stomping was maybe a little bit much. And then he tried. He tried to do this kind of like ballet thing, kind of pretending like he didn't have a have a choice or whatever. Um, I was a little surprised he got he got ejected. I, I guess like um, in retrospect, it makes sense. But I was I was surprised also by like then he got that he got a suspension. But you realize also that it's like they probably if he had just maybe just like sat down on the bench and was and kept quiet, it probably wouldn't have happened. But because he's out there, like speaking of wrestling, like he's he's riling up the crowd and healing it up and screaming at everybody and 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 that with David Silver, like in the or with Adam Silver in the crowd, um, not really surprised in that in that context that he did get uh, that he did get suspended. But I did think Savonis grabbed his foot, but you know, probably don't don't stomp a guy on on national TV.
0: <laughs> yeah. They said, they said is that the punishment allowed? was that severe because he's a, <laughs> well, it's discouraged. <laughs> they yeah. said it's, it's because he's a repeat offender, which, yes, like the guy is filthy. He's like, kicked people in the nuts. He kicks people all the time. He like deliberately flails his arms and smacks people in the face and does this like, who me routine. It, like it, This isn't new. And the fact that Warriors fans are acting like this is some, you know, Overreach by the NBA is just so yeah, yeah like they just to They're always to favoring the Sacramento Kings. Well documented, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? like the team that has experienced more yeah. success than any any other team in the NBA in the last decade. That's they're the can't that catch a like. break. That's the fan base. It's all these like Silicon Valley and like tech people too who are feel yeah. like that. That's like their fan base. It just fucking sucks. I hate that team just because of all the all the wins they got over the Cavs in the finals throughout the 2010s. Yeah, and they
1: probably would have beaten them in the one series that the Cavs won if Draymond hadn't been suspended at that time as well.
0: Yeah, again for filthy play, like it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get on to more important things. Um, Andrew Lawrence, welcome. You are at Media Matters. You and I used to work together there. You cover the night shift there which is just the worst of the fucking worst uh on fox's programming slate and you've been just kind of staring into the abyss for years but before we get to that we have to ask you a tough hardball question we ask of all of our guests just so we know who we're dealing with andrew lawrence are you a gamer
2: oh absolutely i was hoping we could talk video games actually a little bit i'm (laughs) definitely a gamer i uh yes i i am i am a gamer
0: good good what have you played lately
2: dude so i um i recently beat uh cyberpunk uh 2077 i, I got all the way through it's oh, nice. uh yeah it wasn't wasn't quite as glitchy i have so many thoughts about that game um and then I'm playing uh, it right now i
1: just started it a, a week or so ago
2: oh how far into it are you
1: not super far um I just did that mission at the at the shopping mall in Pacifica or whatever it is, and I was with the animals. I I did that I think way bef- long before I was ready to. And now I'm uh, now I'm doing side quests and grinding and and leveling up because I, I it took me so long to get through that because I'm nowhere near at the level that I think I should have been when I when I attempted
2: it. Tell me, uh, tell me about your V man. What's your uh, what's your backstory and all that? What'd you go with?
1: Uh, he is uh like a street a street guy. He's not a corpo. Um, just like average, average genitals, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really go too crazy in the, in the genital selection screen, you know, just kind like of giant, giant, yeah,
2: giant. Yeah. That was my main
1: thing. Yeah. That's that's main thing. Yeah. I grew up on the street, average genitals and that's pretty much that's pretty much
0: his character <laughs> that's
2: your whole story yeah that's his story yeah oh uh, it's so funny man I, I did uh i forgot that was a feature yeah i forgot that was a feature i did the street kid why uh do thing that? <laughs> why not man i mean it's it's about immersion yeah jordan <laughs> i was um more games should have that i did the street kid thing too and and one of my critiques of this game is like It drove me crazy how like, oh, you're, you're this guy that grew up on the mean streets of Night City. You've been here your whole life, blah, blah, blah. And then throughout the game, you don't meet a single person that you knew beforehand. You don't have a family or like, you don't run into your second grade teacher. No, like everybody that you know in that game, you meet like while you're playing the game, which I thought was really weird. Um. But uh, I really liked it. Like, I, I liked it a lot. I don't, I don't think it's a great game. Like, I still have issues with it. I think that, um, like, I'm playing The Witcher right now. And, and, like, I understand why this is impossible for game developers. But it's like, in The Witcher, you go into a village with, like, 30 people. And it just feels alive. Everybody's out there. They're doing something. They're doing a job. It feels like if you, if you followed somebody around for an entire day, they would go out into the fields. And then they would have to come home and prepare dinner and all that. And Night City it was just like a bunch of mannequins kind of moving around it just like you know a city of 2 million people or whatever it is 20 million people feels more dead than like a village of 50 you know and I, and i understand why that that's difficult for game developers but for me like that like that those little things kind of bug me about that game
1: i also find it a little frustrating too how it it really does a good job of getting that cyberpunk aesthetic right but in terms of like the actual like themes and the storytelling like it's uh-huh. really kind of a surface level thing i don't like in a cyberpunk game doing like fetch quests for the night city police department and being like right. a volunteer police officer i think that's kind of a weird a weird uh element to throw in your like cyberpunk game which is generally supposed to be like you know against authority and operating outside that that system but you you're like doing doing quests with the the NCPD. I don't. am not really into that.
2: Yeah, and then you know you go and then you just go and do a quest for the gangs, and they don't care that like you're you're working with the cops or anything. You know, um, yeah, yeah. There, there's. I feel like I feel like all the ingredients are there for an incredible game and experience. You know, and it's just it's not put together exactly correctly you know but i but just for like i fired that game. i got a playstation 5 um i don't know maybe eight months or so ago and i had already bought cyberpunk and didn't play it all that much and i just wanted to fire it up and and look at how pretty night city was and all that um and i was like instantly hooked once i once i did that and created my guy and got through the little prologue and all of that um i mean it is a gorgeous game like it's it's just absolutely stunning like walking around night city and there's just so much potential there i feel like
0: um i have not played cyberpunk i
2: have it it came with my
0: xbox but i haven't i haven't touched it eventually eventually i will i need to but you're more like first person person shooters shooters, aren't you yeah for the most part it's it's just a lot of fortnite uh um and I've just been getting into FIFA lately also. Oh, so uh, fun. And I bought the new EA golf game because those are just... That's such a great franchise. The Road won. to the Masters just came out like a week or two ago. And it, it's stunning. And you, can, you can play Augusta National. So I've been just... Playing multiple rounds on Augusta National over and over again, you get an appreciation for just how fucking hard that course is. Like how fast the greens are. You have just one wrong chip or putt, and that ball is just gone. It's just that is such a brutal course. Uh, it's, it's been mostly just Fortnite, FIFA, and uh, uh, Road to the Masters lately, which is kind of like normie gamer stuff, but. I like what I like, man.
2: Yeah, no, I'm usually first-person shooters and uh, and sports games, you know. But uh, I don't know, man. Something about the like I've been getting into RPGs a little bit more lately, and um, I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying sort of getting lost in those worlds, I guess.
0: Nice, nice. Well, we have you here, like we mentioned when we introduced you, because you unfortunately know a hell of a lot about Fox News and the Fox uh, cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now Fox was supposed to be in court in Delaware this week in their case with Domin- Dominion. Dominion was suing them for was it 1.6 billion mm-hmm. or so for defamation after, you know, Fox repeatedly pushed these lies, these election denialist lies for months about the 2020 election in and in part as part of that uh, smeared and defamed Dominion, you know, saying that these machines were rigged, uh, or, or you know, claiming that these, machi- these machines could be rigged. Now, after months of Fox trying to settle before it went to trial, the day they finally got to court, after two hours or so, you know, the lawyers met, <laughs> they reached an agreement and they settled. We don't have that trial. But as somebody who has been watching it and following it, could you tell listeners, what we would have seen had this proceeded and what this still, this still isn't a great thing for Fox. They have another case with Smartmatic. So where does this go from here and what would we have seen had this case proceeded?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that we saw as far as like a large overview, we kind of saw what, what the arguments were going to be, you know, Dominion had during discovery, they had found text messages and emails from Fox News executives, from on-air hosts like Tucker Carlson, Maria Bartiroma, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, all the big ones, saying that like they knew that this was all bullshit, that it's all lies, that all this election stuff, it's false. Um, the people that they were bringing on air to interview as experts, people like Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, behind the scenes you had Tucker Carlson and, and all these executives calling them absolutely insane, saying that they knew that they were lying. And so I think that like we would have seen more of that. I don't know if there was any new new text messages, things like that, that we would have seen. But we also would have gotten Rupert Murdoch, Tucker Carlson and all these people on the stand where they would have had to admit, you know, under oath that they were lying and that they knew that they were lying to their audience and that the reason why that they were lying to their audience is because they wanted to trick them into watching. You know, you have to understand the Fox News viewers, they just want a guy on TV telling them that they're right. You know, telling them that the election was rigged, that COVID vaccines don't work, that Anthony Fauci belongs in jail. Like, that's that's what they want to hear. And Fox News hosts have, have to deliver it, because if they don't, Fox News viewers are going to go to OAN or they're going to turn on the Matt Walsh podcast. Or There's this right wing conservative media industrial complex will provide them with it if Fox News doesn't. So, you know, they were scared to death of losing their viewers. And so they made the decision that they were going to have to lie. And and in the course of that, they lied about Dominion. Um, you brought up, up Smartmatic, and that's that's an even larger case. They're asking for, I believe, it's two and a half billion dollars in defamation. And Smartmatic is a larger company, so that's why that number is a little bit bigger. But um, you know that that's coming up as well, and and that has the potential for the same thing. But you know, I think that. A lot of people I'm seeing, you know, a lot of people on Twitter and 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 a lot of people that I talk to are really disappointed that Dominion decided to settle. Um, But it was in their best interest to settle. I mean, we are talking about generational money here, seven hundred and eighty seven million dollars for a company that 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 brings in 18 million in revenue per year. Um, So, I mean, they absolutely had to settle here. If if you were their lawyer, you would have, you know, uh, recommended that they settle as well because it's such a, a ridiculous number. Um, but then they don't even have to admit on air that they lied. They don't have to tell their viewers that like what we were telling you uh, wasn't true. And so you know now Fox News can go out there and, and, and there's a roadmap now like they can they can keep pushing the exact same lies that they've been pushing, but they just don't if as long as they don't mention a specific company by name, um, they're gonna get away with it. you know and and so it, it's disappointing from that standpoint. We also learned a lot about Fox News and the inner workings. Um, so, so there's benefits to it as well, but like, yeah, I would have liked to have seen it con further and we'll, we'll see what happens with Smartmatic. Um, they're signaling right now that, that they want to push theirs towards trial. Um, but again, if, if somebody dangles a billion dollars in front of your face that, look, that that type of money is really, really hard to say no to. Um, so, you know, and, and you ask like, where does it go from here? I think that, you know, billionaires, Rupert Murdoch, like they don't get rich by, by just brushing off three quarters of a billion dollars and not worrying about it. You know, I mean, there's, there's, you would think that internally there would be some repercussions and that, that they would try to be a little bit more careful. I I don't know if that's true, but I think that like the biggest benefit for us right now is just what was exposed in those text messages and emails um, about Fox news hosts and executives uh, lying to trick their viewers into watching just to pad their own bank account.
1: I think it's really interesting, you know, given the fact that the, Election stuff is starting to ramp back up as surreal as that is. Um, Trump just did this interview with Tucker Carlson, you know, a week or two ago. And I think it's so funny now that we've seen like the inner workings of that and Tucker's text messages about Trump, where he's just like, I can't fucking stand this guy anymore. I can't wait till he's out of our hair and how he's able to really just like kind of brush that off. And it's amazing how. It doesn't really kind of cost them any credibility. I mean, they're just able to kind of go on with business as usual. We've all seen the kind of inner workings of it. But I think it's amazing how they're able to just totally continue on while pretending that none of that stuff happened. And Tucker can still go about doing his thing and still give this kind of sycophantic interview with with Trump, which was very funny, by the way, Trump like endlessly praising uh, Xi Jinping and how great and wonderful he was. I thought that was pretty funny. And it's beautiful female and she had the most beautiful interpreter. I thought that was really good too. Um, But yeah, I think it's funny how um, despite the fact that we've seen all these people talk about how ludicrous all those claims were and how how annoyed they are about Trump and Trumpism, but now they can just kind of pretend that didn't happen. And I guess for their viewers, they don't seem to mind all that much.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that like, you know, they they know how desperately they need Trump supporters, that whole MAGA world to be addicted to their to their shows, to their cable station in general. And and it really is, you know, a, a symbiotic relationship. I mean, Fox News needs those those Trump supporters to watch every single night. And Trump needs at least they he at least needs Fox News on his side. I mean, at least not not hammering him and criticizing him. I, I would say they've been fairly neutral so far in the Republican primary. And, and that's what Trump wants or needs more than anything. But They really need each other. And and as far as like the Fox News viewers, it's, you know, and and, and you said that it's upsetting that like their um, credibility hasn't taken a hit too much. I mean, I I would disagree with you a little bit there. I think that that Fox News influence outside of that conservative media bubble. I think in the last five or six years, we've seen that really shrink. Like, I, you know, it used to be they would just say Benghazi enough and 60 Minutes would do a story on it, covering it, you know, how they want. And I don't think you really see that as much anymore. Um, but inside the bubble, their influence has just grown. You know, Tucker Carlson, what Tucker Carlson says is gospel inside that bubble. And, and so I think that, like, yeah, it's just not going to break out of there. And and it, it was really interesting to me that you, did, you haven't really seen – Conservative media, like that, Fox News is actual competitors, not just OAN and Newsmax, but the people online, Ben Shapiro's outlet. Um, you know, you didn't you didn't see them really attack Fox News for for what is a pretty egregious uh, 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 insult to their viewers. Um, nobody really took them on, and so like, yeah, it's not penetrating in that bubble, but I do think that that it it does chip away at the credibility. Of Fox News to where where it doesn't get outside that bubble and as easily as it did in the past
0: You mentioned earlier that They don't have to acknowledge this on air as part of this settlement agreement. They don't have to apologize admit they were wrong issue a retraction anything like that But I'm wondering would that even matter because they would probably run it in the daytime They would meant do it once whatever the minimum threshold was and never talk about it again And as somebody who watches this stuff and you've seen and we've talked about how they create these narratives and these worlds, the people they focus on and obsess over – to the average person, the non-Fox viewer, they have no idea who it is. Like Nellie Orr right. being like a central figure in some like grand government conspiracy. FBI like, I birds. don't even know who that person was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peter Strzok and Nellie Orr, like I don't know what, yeah. what their fucking role is, but I, I, I remember them being villains. Right. So would, this even, would an apology or attraction or anything
2: even matter? No, not not really. I mean it would go viral on Twitter for <laughs> for a couple of days and and yeah. you know, those of us on the left that don't like Fox News, we would make fun of them for it, but I also think that like it just it's another arrow in your quiver as well, you know, when you come out when somebody when somebody says, I mean, are we allowed to cuss on on here? Okay. So yeah. like when some yeah. like <laughs> like I get a ton of Tucker Carlson defenders in my mentions and like at this point when I see them in there when when they're replying to me on Twitter, I'm just replying with a screenshot of Tucker's uh, producer calling Fox viewers cousin fucking terrorists. You know, it's so what they actually did. So, like, I, I think that, like, uh, I do think that it sort of, I, I think it chips away. Like, and I think that, like, we can we can use this to sort of make the point that is true that Fox News is just propaganda and nonsense, and that that they're lying to you and and tricking you into uh, watching just so Rupert Murdoch can get a fifth yacht. You know, so so I do think that there that there is benefit there, even if it doesn't um, really penetrate that bubble. But I mean, again, you got to realize that you know Fox News, its most watched shows on its most watched nights, are getting three million people, which is, I mean, yeah, it leads cable news. It's also only one percent of the American population. So you know, I think that that hurting their credibility with the other ninety nine percent. Uh, of people out there i think I think there's a real benefit to that as well and i I do think that these text messages and this story um help in that effort,
0: so you know they have upfronts coming up, which is this mm-hmm. big advertiser push, you know most cable and television networks sell a majority of their ads during this one period in the spring, and they have this glamorous presentation in front of all these ad executives in New York. Fox you know for years has tried to Sell advertisers on how people trust the network, how most of the country relies on the network and really tries to push this news division and opinion side divide. And we've seen how those lines have blurred, but recently we've seen kind of some, you know, some people, I don't know if they're necessarily going off script, but kind of break from that, that role, their role, depending on which side they are. And mostly it's been on the news side and there's been internal backlash for them even acknowledging that it's all bullshit, that they they all know what they're doing. It's all just a fucking facade. Do you think that advertisers are going to consider this Dominion settlement and the stuff that came out as part of this case and the pending litigation with uh, Smartmatic when they're making advertising decisions?
2: I mean, you're asking me if, if I think corporations care more about the truth than they do about, you know, <laughs> dollars and like no no i don't i don't think so i'm setting and, you i'm setting you up anyway. i know i know <laughs> and uh you know i mean it's it's the same thing with dominion like god bless them but like we can't be looking for uh, to businesses and large corporations to sort of save us from these monsters and like yeah i like i do think that the the look the advertiser pressure that, that we've put on them, uh, media matters um over the past few years and you were a part of this as well it has clearly worked i mean they do not have very many advertisers at this point Um, And and they do try to sell it in between opinion and news. But there's so little news on on Fox at this point. I mean, it's basically special report at six o'clock and everything else is either Tucker Carlson or a Tucker Carlson clone, you know, at this point. So you don't even really hear that distinction from Fox News as much anymore because there isn't, you're right, like there isn't really a distinction anymore. But, um, you know, I think that like the advertiser push is incredibly important. I also think that the cable fees that, that Fox News gets is is also really important. And they're currently renegotiating uh, those fees right now as well. And, and it seems like they're getting a lot of pressure from cable subscribers to uh, not force us to buy Fox News on every single package. And, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, I can't say that I'm incredibly optimistic, but um, I, I think that like the outrage and, and I'm seeing this sort of take off this this messaging as well sort of take off with more more the, with the normies you know for lack of a better term for people that aren't really engaged you know to see people that aren't really engaged in politics in the news to see them sort of understand that, that their two three dollars a month are going to Fox News even though they don't watch it uh, people that doesn't sit well with a lot of people and so I'm hoping that with enough noise being made that like yeah maybe th- there will be a difference made
1: there. yeah I mean it's hard I, like the way the market works the reality is as long as they're pulling in big ratings, which they still are, there's there's going to be someone that's going to be able to – that's going to give them money, right? I mean with Tucker Carlson yeah. I think is a good example, right? I mean when, he's, when someone goes and shoots up a Walmart targeting immigrants and their manifesto sounds exactly like a Tucker Carlson monologue, you'd think that would be – a big turnoff for people that for different brands that want to advertise there, but uh, like you like you point out, I'm sure there's been some impact, and there are brands that have moved away from it. But they're not as long as they're pulling those kind of big ratings, or he's pulling those kind of ratings, it's never going to go as far as it needs to.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you look at like how much more evidence do you need? You mentioned the El Paso Walmart. There's the uh, Buffalo uh, Tops grocery store. Same thing, great replacement theory. You look at the Tree of Life synagogue and. Pittsburgh, that was a George Soros is funding the caravans conspiracy that motivated that Christchurch, you had um, a segment in his manifesto that that echoed almost word for word a Tucker Carlson rant on diversity. There's the Planned Parenthood in Colorado that the guy shot up yelling about baby parts. I mean, it's on and on and on like these people are are causing mass violence. That's not even getting into like the COVID vaccine skepticism that's that's killing off their viewers all this type of stuff, and yet they still do have advertisers. I mean, the advertisers are kind of embarrassing at this point, but people are still giving them money, and you still have some major brands that, that are also advertising uh, there as well. And and it's uh, yeah, it's really depressing. Like to, the that that people are just you know, it's Fox News because they have that that news moniker in their name. it's just it feels like because of that, people sort of give them credibility that they don't deserve and 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 sort of look the other way on this stuff and like yeah that's really depressing and and it shouldn't be like that
1: yeah i mean you bring up all these these like mass shootings that have had this kind of like rhetorical crossover with things that fox hosts say as well as other conservative commentators like ben shapiro etc which Hmm. makes it all the more i think uh cynical and disgusting the way that they've taken a few of those recent incidents uh where the violent shootings have taken place with transgender people and have the same people, literally the same people that have inspired so much violence themselves, in my opinion, allegedly um, are now trying to kind of create this narrative that, Trans people are part of some kind of dangerous, like, terrorist movement, despite the fact that, like, these recent incidents, as horrible as they are, are an absolute drop in the bucket in terms of the mass violence that's happening all the time in America and the mass violence that's being directly influenced by, like, right wing demagoguery that you see on Fox News and conservative media.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I mean, they, you know, look, as far as like blaming trans people for all mass shootings now, like I, it's, it's part of their playbook as well. I mean, they a few years ago when when the caravan and, and immigration was the big thing, um, you know, Sean Hannity would sit there and scroll crimes committed by illegal immigrants Um, for, for five minutes, you know, by name. And so they're, they're trying to literally like Nazi
1: shit as well. Like that's a, that's quite literally yeah, out of their playbook.
2: Yeah. And, and so, you know, that's why you see this and you see these people that like see a black teenager show up to their front door and just pull the trigger immediately. You you have the, they're, they're creating this fear to where their viewers who are overly, uh, older white male reactionary, um, and armed, I, I, you, you shouldn't get these people all worked up like this, you know, and they know exactly what they're doing. Like you can't, they can't not know at this point when you see, when you see it play out over and over and over again. And you know, there's just, you would think that there would be some sort of self-reflection, you know, after El Paso, when this guy went in there yelling about great replacement and shot a bunch of people up, you would think that like, even if, even if Tucker Carlson thinks it's true, you think that he might pump the brakes a little bit and be like, all right, like this is there's some scary people out there. Uh, they're, they're being influenced by this. But no, like, I mean, he went right back into it the next night, you know, just straight pumping that same garbage into people's heads. And and there isn't anybody at Fox News that will tell him no. And there isn't anybody really in the corporate world that uh, that's going to tell them no, as long as they're making money. From them.
0: I mean, beyond these, you know, targeted racist or anti-choice white nationalist shootings i think the general sense of fear that fox sells viewers on and has them worked up into this paranoid frenzy was really on display this week there were multiple instances of kids you know going to the wrong home pulling in the wrong driveway and being shot by these fucking lunatics who you know just saw a stranger. Mm -hmm. One of them in in these stories was black, but the other one was not. And just the general sense of fear that they have, they're living in this kind of prison in their own home where any outsider is a threat. It's like a fentanyl dealing uh, trans MS-13 member coming to my house to, like, Topeka or whatever. Right. Yeah, one was a 16-year-old kid, one's a 20-year-old girl. And then I saw another story in Texas, uh, like teenagers
2: got into the wrong car at a store. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, but this is so important for Fox's business model. I mean, we saw this in the Dominion stuff. Like, they they need their viewers to be addicted to watching their programs. And if you're sitting there and you're watching Tucker Carlson and he's telling you that – the uh, transgender people are going to end civilization. Cory Booker is going to destroy uh, the suburbs. Uh, MS-13 is coming for you. And if you're not hearing that anywhere else, you're thinking to yourself, I need to watch Tucker Carlson every single night or I might die. You know, like it's it's actually paramount to my survival because they're warning me about these things that are going to kill other people. And he's the only one saying it. So, like, you get addicted to that type of shit. And it's it's like a – I mean, I sort of get it. Like there, there's like this primal urge – to, to sort of, to, I don't know, to feel that way. You know what I mean? Like the, I, I can understand sort of how it's an addicting feeling, um, to be, to be scared like that. But, um, but Fox News is taking advantage of it and, and, and heightening it and making it worse in order, uh, for profit, like to make money. And it's, it's so sick and it's so cynical and they know exactly what they're doing. And we've seen proof of that now and they're just chugging along and, and like, yeah, that, that, that it sucks. Like, it's really gross.
1: Or another thing they like to do is uh, is scare their viewers about dangerous liberals. You have their daughters date uh, MS13 members rather than Republicans too. They hate that, and that's uh, they got to do that a whole happens. weekend news <laughs> cycle about that. Yeah, <laughs> the,
2: the, the, the numerous <laughs> numerous articles and <laughs> yeah. Oh man, God. at least we know that's what so at, least, at least at least we know what the AR stands for. You know? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> the I rewatched that clip when you shared it the other day. <laughs> it's uh, so funny when someone did one of those like engagement bait posts. Like, yeah. what's, what's your biggest so Twitter good. controversy? And the fact that they brought in some like police chief from Staten Island Long, Long to talk Island. about how yeah. dangerous Ms. Thirteen was—that's the <laughs> one yeah, thing your Island, daughter. It's like, what are they doing? <laughs> it's so funny because they actually <laughs> acknowledge that it's it? fake too. Oh, during
1: man. the, that's what makes it so great is that they acknowledge that it's a joke. He's like, he would rather his daughter, who he does not actually have. And they continue, and it's like, well, what are we doing here then? Like, this is you're acknowledging that it's not a real thing, and they built this whole segment around it. Fucking one of the funniest things that's ever oh, well, happened I, to me, definitely.
2: Did you do the uh, the Antifa Super Soldiers one as well? Was that you, or was it, that was it was no? I, no.
1: that was yeah, Craig T. Nelson, I think. Yeah,
2: so good, so good. The the way that's been baked
0: into the lexicon online is hilarious, and it's being used in other. Ways now. I saw someone talk about Biden's IRS super soldiers uh, in the (laughs) context of this new study that found that all of this additional IRS funding, which Republicans bemoaned as creating a bunch of new IRS agents, ultimately reduced the wait time if you need to talk to somebody about your taxes to like four minutes. You're on a four minute hold, which is down from like I don't know, it was like eighty seven minutes or, or something yeah, last hour. year, yeah, something crazy, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, and like a vast majority of all callers got to speak to somebody. I think that's a good idea because there's nothing more frustrating when you're dealing with something that already sucks than to deal with some automated prompt. Like I fucking hate that. So having somebody just talk you through it. That's great. But someone called the, called the IRS super soldiers and I was just thinking about how crazy it is that that one tweet got baked into the lexicon. It's great.
2: It's like goblin uh, mode. The, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah,
0: th- everywhere. That being adopted by like... I saw some corporation... Microsoft used it this week, oh. which is just crazy.
2: Yeah, it's it's so Juniper is, is a fantastic account and that is... It was really funny. Yeah. Uh,
0: the other thing we wanted to have you on to talk about, Andrew... You mentioned Daily Wire earlier. Matt Walsh, one of the most despicable personalities in that network, Uh, just his whole brand is being as transphobic as possible and also being really mad about Disney movies. He had his Twitter account hacked last night and also, apparently, his emails. And we saw a thread from one of the heads of Daily Wire you know like you said earlier getting out in front of it which makes you, own, which you know that there's some weird shit in there and some
1: terrible shit in there if they're if they feel the need to do that
0: i mean the stuff he says publicly is already horrendous enough yeah can you imagine what he says in private uh andrew what do you what do you make of the uh matt walsh hack and, and the reporter at wire Del cameron who Talked to the hacker and wrote about it, immediately getting his account suspended for even covering it.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think first of all, talking about the hack, it's hilarious. Um, Incredibly funny. Couldn't happen to a better dude. And, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, like, the hacker would have to go through years and years of emails, you know, before it got found out before the, the passwords get changed and all that. So I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical about how much this person actually has. Um, but then, you know, Del Cameron is a reporter who was reporting on this. I mean, it's, it's a news event if, if um, a large Twitter account gets hacked like that for hours. And it was, um, it looks like Ian Miles Chong, who was just also one of the most odious disgusting people out there is the one that point that told Elon Musk to suspend the reporter for reporting on this. And then he was immediately suspended, you know, and it's ridiculous. And, and you and I were talking about this a little bit, Jordan, how this is the, the, the rules, the terms of service rules that they're, that Twitter is using to suspend Dell Cameron are the, ex, is the exact same rules that were used uh, to, to, throttle to, to sort of hide the um, Hunter Biden laptop and and basically the rule is like you cannot share hacked information and Cameron wasn't even really doing that like he was just reporting on it you know I guess maybe like he had some screenshots from from the tweets um, that were written but like everybody saw those you know but um, yeah it just it's it just shows you who's in charge of Twitter right now I think it's A um, uh, uh, not a very good sign that that Elon is suspending somebody for simply reporting on on Matt Walsh, who is, like you said, just one of the worst, most disgusting people out there. Um, but, you know, another factor that is really, really interesting is that Stephen Crowder, who's another right wing idiot, um, was in negotiations with Daily Wire not that long ago, and he turned down their offer. Uh, for fifty million dollars, if you can believe that, but he turned down the offer. And and one of the clauses in the contract that he posted was that the Daily Wire could fire you immediately if your um, uh, if any of your social media accounts uh, I, I don't know if it was suspended or get demonetized or whatever, but uh, his YouTube account was demonetized today as well. Um, and so you know it's been a shitty twenty four hours for Matt Walsh. Um, it could be worse, you know, and, and he shouldn't be allowed on social media because he's so fucking stupid and gross and just peddles hate for money. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's hilarious though. And I I hope they are scrambling.
1: Listen, if you think it's easy to rhetorically walk the line between suggesting that all gay and trans people are like grooming kids being your main, like, point of expertise and your number two political th- uh, issue that you're concerned with is like making sure that child brides are normalized and part of society. Listen, that's not easy. It's not easy to hold those two thoughts in your mind and to be able to to pull that off so credit credit where it's due for matt for for pulling that. No, you don't actually have to hand it to him but. It- but- I do think that's kind of <laughs> a little bit of a suspect, uh, to say the least. Matt's fixation on like age of consent and child brides, while also pointing fingers at uh, LGBTQ people for being harmful to children somehow. Always an admission with these people. All these accusations, always an admission.
2: But you know, I mean, it just it just goes to show you like really, uh, all you have to do to be one of these guys is just be a dick to the people that you, that you don't like. That's all you have to do. I mean, Matt, you're right. Like, yeah, it's hypocritical, but Matt Walsh is going to go out there and he's going to he's going to be a dick to uh, Dylan Mulvaney again. And so all is forgiven. You know, like it's I, the mentality of the people that are making these right wing uh, shitheads rich by watching every single day. Like, it just it's mind boggling to me how, how how they watch this shit over and over and over for entertainment. I guess it's 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 ridiculous.
1: Yeah, these people have been melting down about a single sponsored social media post for like three straight weeks you know i was like barely paying attention to that like i'm old now and i don't really know who all these influencers are i was kind of barely paying attention to the story and i just assumed because of the level of freak out that bud light had actually like hired dylan mulvaney for like a big campaign or something like that it was only when i looked into it that's like oh this is a single social media post they sent her some product with like a like a, a novelty can for a little 45 yeah. second post on social media and these people have had this this pants shitting freak out now for multiple weeks over it it's really bizarre these are not serious people but it's it's incredible to me that they have this kind of like cultural uh, uh, saturation and that people actually listen to them
2: well, and, and that's, that's what gets clicks and that's what gets people to watch and gets people to listen to your podcast, you know? And, and that's why they're doing it. And then you've got people, I don't know if you saw the video that went viral yesterday of the guy destroying bush lights in a, in a grocery store because he thought that they were Bud lights and he's getting hauled off by the cops. Better safe and, than sorry. and this dude, like, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, this guy is spending the night in jail tonight because some podcaster told him to be mad about a beer. Like it's, it's insane and like they just keep ruining they, – they're ruining the lives of their own listeners over and over and over. There's so much evidence of this and like uh, – and and they're getting rich in the meantime. It's just – it's crazy. It, I, I just don't – I don't understand the, the mentality there. I mean the
1: fixation yeah. on beer and, and, and Dylan Mulvaney, I find it's bizarre as well. It's like all these big yeah. alcohol companies have been sponsoring pride parades now for like 20 years. Like and they're simultaneously – funding and donating to right wing politicians. It's like they're not, they're not mm-hmm. woke commie beer companies. They're literally just trying to sell as much product as possible by appealing to all kinds of different people. This is not like this new phenomenon. Uh, it's so strange to me that these people have acted like there's this this shift that's happened this new thing. The woke brands or the, the commie Coors Light company or whatever when it's just like this has been a basic practice for these big companies for a long time now. It's very strange to me.
2: Uh, well, they just throw shit up against the wall until something takes off, as well. You know, I mean, there's yeah. b- before, in between Dylan Mulvaney and whatever, you know, Lightyear or whatever the previous one was. Like, they just throw <laughs> out so much shit, and eventually something takes off. Something, whatever, whatever it is, it's what's it's what's generating the clicks on their website and and people to listen to their podcast, and then they just grab hold of it and hold on to it but i mean watch it'll it'll go away like after friday you know we won't hear about it we're barely hearing about it now because we had a weekend you know because and, and because the viewers need something new you know they can't they can't get mad about dylan mulvaney that was last week what's it going to be this week you know it's it's the, they just always need that fresh meat and like these people matt walsh and, and conservative media are going to throw it to them somehow
0: but- the clip from Ben Shapiro this week that really got me was the one that Brendan tweeted out a couple of days ago. Yeah. The great suspicion is that in Frozen 4, they'll make Elsa a lesbian. If they do that, it is the end of Disney as a company. Predict it. You could write it down. It is April 17th. If they do that in Frozen 4, it will destroy Disney. It's like, dude, you are almost 40. 40. Why do you care? Yeah. Like, was that Ben, G- did ben Shapiro
1: <laughs> just appear on the show? That was crazy. Where did that come <laughs> yeah, from? Oh
0: that goodness. was him. I've been working on it. Oh, that was but I'll tell you one of the re- yeah
2: one of the reasons why he cares <laughs> is because he's got a new children's movie company that he's trying to promote, and he's pushing out children's books, and it's all part of that grift. I mean, that's why he fucking cares. And like, I mean, I don't know if either one of you guys saw Lightyear, but like. It was just a gay couple that existed. Like they weren't having sex yeah. on screen in front of people. They were. It was just like a couple standing next to each other, and that's all it was. Yeah, Rob and, was
0: upset that they didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hardcore. I was, it
0: was, I was mad from a picks. different angle. <laughs> yeah, was it from, <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, dude, it's, man, but it's, and uh, I think that's also something that we can't overlook. No, it was in this it was crypt. bizarre.
1: Like, it was bizarre. The freak out over it, definitely
2: but we got to um i mean look it's not a coincidence that every single one of these freakouts comes with the conservative version of that product as well we saw it with the new conservative beer that that the guy put out like right afterwards uh daily, go on daily wire they're selling chocolate because hershey's went woke you know they're selling mugs because yeti is woke or whatever it is you know there's always like a corresponding conservative grift to go along with these freakouts and like it's apparently pretty lucrative, but like, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's all, it's just all part of that same grift.
1: What's well, weird too, because I know that there's like a big online audience for this kind of stuff, obviously, but you got to imagine that like people like DeSantis who are latching onto this kind of stuff as well, how a lot of normies are probably just scratching their heads at it. Like, like DeSantis is big political issue that he's taking on is like one is like going after fucking Disneyland and Disney and stuff like that, which for a lot of people is just like a totally wholesome, a big brand that they, that they have nostalgia for. And that they like, it's, it's probably weird to a lot of people. This guy, this like governor running for president And all he talks about is like his his battle against Disneyland. And it's like there's plenty of valid reasons to go after Disney or any other big corporation, but they're doing it for all these dumbass, ridiculous reasons. Um so yeah, I imagine there's a lot of normal average people that are kind of like perplexed by that.
2: Well, I mean, you don't have to speculate, you know, look at the midterms. I mean, this is the kind of shit that is it's causing it's causing Republicans. Uh, elections. You know, I mean, you have to be in order to win a a Republican primary. You have to subscribe to every single one of these things with absolutely no break in between or else your opponent is going to seize on that opportunity. But then when you get out there in the general election and your number one thing is like making sure that that cartoons don't have gay people and meanwhile, people don't have health care and stuff like it looks really, really weird. And And, you know, you look at like these people at PTA meetings that show up just frothing at the mouth because slavery is being taught. That looks really fucking weird to people that aren't like in to the 99 percent of the population that isn't in that world. And then you have the Republican politicians where that's all that they're talking about. So, you know, I say a lot like it seems like the Republican Party at this point doesn't really care as much about winning majorities. As much as they do just being able to get on Fox News and getting to be able to promote their book and their podcast and make sure that you send me money, you know, and and like I think like that's I think that's really dangerous. Like once the Republican Party doesn't care about winning, you know, a wider swath of voters and just like that small extreme group that will get them through a primary. That's when you see the, the, the politics, when you see the parties just going straight fascism, which is what we're seeing right now. Um, but, you know, and I can tell you in Florida, Disney is beloved in Florida, you know, I mean, there, there aren't the, the, the people love being able to pick up and go to, to Disney World two hours away in Florida. They don't want Disney to move. They don't want them to close down. They don't want the prices to go up because their taxes went up, all of that, you know. So it's it's really bizarre. I think Republicans in Florida have gerrymandered that that state so much. Um, that that they believe that they're untouchable and it doesn't matter what they do, they're going to win elections. And maybe they're right, um, you know. But we'll see. Like this stuff is really, really weird. Well,
0: we we will see. I think DeSantis's uh, campaign against Trump is going to be a funny one. Um, just going to be a race to the you think bottom he's gonna between run? both of them. And if we have any, yeah, yeah, I think you will. I think any after the pudding ad, why would you even do it at this close point? To that's what I was gonna say, uh, yeah. but, but the pudding ad was so funny. And if we see anything close to the level of humor, it's gonna be a f- it's gonna be a ride. Like I I really just want to see them beat the shit out of each other. I can't wait. Um, yeah. But Andrew, we don't want to take up too much of your time.
2: Where can people find your work and follow you? You can find me on Twitter. Uh, the easiest way is just Andrew search Andrew Lawrence, and and I've got the baby picture with uh, a Tampa Bay Lightning hat on currently. Um, And then MediaMatters.org. You know, like Jordan said uh, earlier, we watch Fox News. So you don't have to. Um, I think it's, you know, Fox News uh, is in charge of the Republican Party right now. And I think it's important for people to sort of keep up to to, with what they're saying on there, what they're pushing, all the garbage, all the nonsense, because a few days from now, that's what Republican politicians are going to be saying. Um, But you shouldn't want to watch it. It's garbage. It rots your brain. Let us do it for you. Um, And, yeah, go to MediaMatters.org and and find out what they're saying.
0: And let's go Rangers. All right.
2: Thanks, Andrew. Go Bolts. Go Bolts, baby. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. Rob, good stuff. Jordan, not as good, but whatever.
0: Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the insurgents. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can find us on iTunes or Spotify or at Substack. The insurgents.substack.com. You'll get the latest episodes delivered straight to your inbox as well as our newsletter. On Twitter we are at insurgentspod. Tweet at us, harass canon in our replies, and then send us your hate mail to the insurgentspod at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening.